Hello, and welcome to Glory Be. Interesting people and how they pray. Each week we chat with interesting people about their lives, their work, and how they pray. I'm Father Vince Fernandez. And I'm Mike Malcolm. And today we're joined by Mr. Adam Minahan. Adam Minahan grew up at the Church of St. Benedict in Broken Arrow with his best friend, David Niles. Together, Adam and David are the creators and hosts of The Catholic Man Show, a popular radio show and podcast. Adam is the vice president of St. Michael Catholic Radio and is the new communications director for the Diocese of Tulsa and Eastern Oklahoma. Welcome to the podcast, Adam. Thanks. Thanks for having me. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. Well, that's great. Well, this podcast was kind of born out of the pandemic. And as right. a radio show, a radio station owner and a show producer, how did that change your life? Well, it changed a lot trying to figure out exactly what were the needs that were going to happen within the diocese, right? We had to figure out what, what because this is all new for us, we didn't know exactly what was going to happen. And we we're kind of all adapting and reacting to all the new policies and, and how everybody was going to be able to go to church or not go to church. Right. And so we were just trying to be, uh, fill the void that was obviously going to be happening. One thing we tried to do was make sure to add uh, holy masses on on uh, the radio station, but then also like provide ways of them being able to pray together, especially like the Divine Mercy Chaplet, things like that, where even though there's not community in like in a physical manner, they at least could come together and pray in a, uh, and have a spiritual community um, and, and keep that going. So that was one of the things we wanted to make sure to do. Did, what, did you guys see like uh, like listener numbers go up during the pandemic? Were people tuning in more to the Catholic radio station? Well, we don't have actual numbers because we're not a part of the Nielsen rating system, but okay. we did see a lot of Facebook activity, website activity. We can we can track our numbers on streaming purposes, like uh, on our website, right. and all those numbers went went up okay. quite a bit. So awesome. I don't know the exact numbers. So, but. I, the last time I checked, I think it was like up forty percent. Oh wow! So that's which is awesome. a lot. Yeah. yeah. So when well, you already had a lot of momentum going before COVID was even spoken of, and then afterwards, there were people were so hungry for Catholic content. Mm-hmm. You guys were right there, ready to go. It was easy to provide that. Yeah. One of the silver linings, I think, uh, of this whole pandemic was that people had the opportunity to stop and like ask serious life questions um, and realize the importance of being with family and the importance of a community. And when you're isolated, there's, you, you have a lot of time to think. Um, and so you have this, those opportunities to have life questions, which is for evangelization purposes, that's low hanging fruit, right? Whenever they're open to, to right. hearing truth, that's, that's like when we, we get all excited, right? So um, that is one kind of silver lining, I would say, of, of this whole pandemic. Do you see, what do you see as the, the fruits? I mean, I'm not calling the pandemic good, right. but we've learned a few things as a church and as radio producers. You sure. Know, what, yeah. What I, have you learned? I, I mean, there's a lot of things that we had to adapt to, right? Uh, you know, with the live streaming of masses, everybody had to kind of figure out how to uh, reach people when they're not in the church. Uh, so I think that we had, we were forced to learn more about technology, uh, more about Reaching out to people through via social media, through websites, um, through video content. Like, I mean, for instance, we're we're right here because of it. Right. Um, so we had to adapt and 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 figure out ways to be able to reach the peop- reach the flock, so to speak. That's great, and you've done a great job. Well, thank you. But you've also done a great job before. And how did you and David come up with the idea of the Catholic Man Show? Yeah. So Dave and I have been best friends since we were like five years mm-hmm. old. So we've we've been. Uh, 
we live across the street from each other now as well. So um, we're really good friends, and we realized after we had a, a radio sta- radio station that there was not a whole lot of content for guys our age. And because we own the radio station, we didn't really have to ask for anybody's approval. Uh, so right. we just kind of mimicked a, a a men's group that we had, uh, which where we got together as men and we had a, a beer or a whiskey and then like talked about theology or philosophy. And we said, well, I, that, that kind of translate to a to a, a radio show we initially just started it as a radio show for st michael radio and that was kind of right when podcasting started getting big and, and people were starting to uh, consume podcasts as a medium uh more so than than before and so we kind of threw it up on the internet as well and that's that's when it kind of took off and it's pretty popular i mean it's big like time. kind of nationally known you guys get some big speakers in there did you you guys imagine it getting this big? Not at all. I mean, like I said, our original goal was just like to try to help people here in Tulsa, like you right. know, to kind of have a, a voice here in Tulsa, and then it kind of grew to Oklahoma, and then it's grown out past that. Uh, we were on, I think, eighteen different radio stations. One of them's uh-huh. not even Catholic, oh which gosh. is so cool. Oh, wow! Yeah, we have we're on a uh, a country radio station in Texas, <laughs> uh, which is I mean that that to me that's just so cool to, to be able to, to ha- have that opportunity because that's uh, a way of reaching people that you would normally have the opportunity of reaching. So so yeah, we had no idea that that that, that was going to be taking place at all. That is fun. <laughs> well, how many episodes has it been? You guys are well. We just hit our our fifth year. Okay, so uh, I mean, roughly, uh, what, what would that be right. like? Two hundred fifty, three hundred yeah. episodes. Yeah, roughly. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Well, how do you come up with fresh uh, ideas? Because you know, you do the manly drink, the manly mm-hmm. gear, the manly right. virtue. How do you come up with fresh stuff? Well, it's actually been a great way for us to continue learning about our faith because it forces us to continue learning about new new content, but also. If you just take time, especially in adoration, this is when I get ideas, but if you take time to just reflect and about what's going on in your life, uh, those are the things that you can just talk. I mean, if it's happening to me, it's probably happening to other people as well. Mm-hmm. So I, a lot of times because we, we're, we're, you know, both of us have families and we both have kids and we're both running around crazy, there's a lot of opportunities to sit back and say, ah, we could talk about this. This is, this is something that I've struggled with. This is something else that uh, somebody else has probably struggled struggle with as well. How do we overcome that? Or how do we uh, you know, continue building virtue to get better at what we're doing? Um, so we just kind of stop and, and whatever's going on in our lives at that moment is kind of what we talk about. <laughs> So never running out of ideas. You just you guys well, are able to go. Yeah, and, and you know the church is inexhaustible, right? right. I mean, the, the the more you start learning about theology and philosophy, the more you realize you don't know near as much as what you thought you knew, and so you just keep going. It's a it's a, a, a endless amount of, of of knowledge you could you could learn about. So on the fun side, I mean, there's sure. plenty of virtue to talk about. Sure, but also manly gear. What's your favorite piece of manly gear that you've reviewed? Yeah, so when we started this show, we were trying to figure out how, how our goal was the demographic we were trying to hit were, were, were guys who were taking their families to church, but maybe not be in, maybe they're not involved very, really in the church. Maybe they go to church on Sunday. Maybe they even drop their family off to go to church on Sunday, but they're not uh, very active parishioners. And so we thought, well, if, if we just get in there and just start talking about virtue, we start talk, talking about church fathers or philosophy or something like that, we probably won't catch them. Right. So our goal was like, well, let's just let them know we're just kind of regular guys. We're not 
doctors of you know we don't have master's degrees or anything like that we're just kind of regular guys so the goal was like okay so let's start with maybe just a drink and just have some regular conversation and then we get into something that a guy would need want desire that would uh, exemplify some type of virtue uh, in their everyday life. And so like that way we could figure out like, okay, well, what is it about a pocket knife that is manly? What is it about, uh, being able to write a letter to another, you know, to another person that, that, um, is important. It's kind of almost like a lost art that we need to recapture. One of my favorite ones was like, I have one's like kind of a joking one. And then one that, that, that I really in, enjoyed the joking one is a flamethrower. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Cause I mean, the, the, those are really, cool. in, in fact, when Dave, presented it as a, a as a gear i was like no that's ridiculous right. and then you start breaking it down and realizing there are actually things that you can use flamethrowers mm-hmm. for um and then we also did like a grill gun which right. is uh, who, who uh mr healy is is the owner of, of yeah. grill blazer and so he's a catholic guy so it was really cool to be able to promote his stuff but um, so that's kind of like the fun one, but the one that I really like is, is a men's a man's journal. Like yeah. journaling is something that we don't do anymore as a society typically, mm-hmm. uh, especially for men. I think mm-hmm. women are a lot better at journaling than men overall. Right. But there's so many aspects of journaling of being able to self reflect, to examine oneself, also to be able to give to your children someday to be able to say like, hey, here's what dad was struggling with on this day, or here's what you know, here's the memory that I, I remember about you on this day that just like touched me, you know, as a dad, that's, that's a cool, that would be a cool gift to give them someday. I think. Yeah. So, well, that's fun. Cause you guys have, have obviously had fun with it, right? You know, with a lot of the dressing up and the whole retro art and clothing and stuff like that, but it's very modern and relevant because you're dealing with virtues that impact us today. Sure. So that's yeah. fun. Any great guests coming up that you can reveal? Well, so we have actually, we were going to have Cy Kellett on oh, yeah. um, right. last yeah. week, but he uh, had to, last minute had to cancel, so we we had to kind of go back from there. But we have uh, Pat Flynn that's going oh, yeah. to be coming on here pretty soon. Yeah. He's a he's a really uh, phenomenal philosopher in a Thomistic uh, sense, and he also is really good at, at talking about fitness and nutrition and the importance of uh, taking care of your body, both physically and spiritually. Um, and so we're going to have him on here pretty quick. All right. Yeah. That sounds like fun. Well, so you are the brand new communications director for the Diocese of Tulsa. Congratulations. Thank you. Yeah. What? Three weeks, four weeks. Uh, I I think I'm five weeks in. Five weeks. Five weeks in. Well, you've got noodles of experience. Yeah. I'm basically there. Yeah. You're, you're done. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Just retire. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I read, uh, I, I love statistics and I read, a. Really interesting survey that said that when Catholics look for moral guidance, mm-hmm. first person they go to is their pastor. Two-thirds mm-hmm. of Catholics, about 66% of Catholics go to their pastor. Or 25% look to the Pope. They'll go f- try to find someone cyclical that mm-hmm. might help them. But only 2% go to their bishop. Mm-hmm. And a bishop is a great voice of moral authority in his diocese. So it seems like it's a target-rich environment for you. You know, right. what, What's your vision to try to help connect the bishop to his people and vice versa. Yeah, that was such an interesting statistic when I when I read that when you sent that mm-hmm. to me I was like, wow, I, I I had no idea. It was kind of eye-opening. But I think so I think there's a positive and negative there. Mm-hmm. A positive being that maybe this goes to show that the bishop has done a really good job of instructing their pastors on how to be a mm-hmm. spiritual leader. Yeah. Um and so that's a good good thing that they are looking to their to their priests. Um but 
Bishop Condola specifically is really good about getting out there among the people. I mean, he wants to make sure to see every parish every year, you know, and just being out there with everybody. So I think that this these statistics may not actually be be good for Tulsa, only because uh, Bishop Condola is, is kind of an anomaly in that aspect. Mm-hmm. He's really good at being able to say, t- put people in place to take care of the day to day aspects, so that way he can focus on the sacramental lives, uh, you know, of his uh, flock to make sure that he's seen that he's very accessible. He's probably. I don't know this for for sure, but I mean, he's one of the most accessible bishops mm-hmm. I think out there. I he really is. I yeah. mean, you know, he he's so good about you know responding to email. You give mm-hmm. him you know, if if you called him or something like that from the diocese, he always calls back. I mean, I've had people who, and this isn't me saying that. This is people who have told me about mm-hmm. how uh, they've reached out to bishop, and he's been sure to to, mm-hmm. re, to come back. So. Um, you know, obviously, as the communications director, you want to kind of be the megaphone mm-hmm. for Bishop. You know, you want to, to to get his vision out towards the people, and it, he sure does make it a lot easier yeah. by being out there among the people as well. So, did I answer your question? I, I think so. I don't know if I answered yeah. the question. Well, so, so what is what is? Do you have any plans that you can reveal about um, some ways that you're going to make that happen? Yes. Okay. So, yeah, this is a good. That, that was a good question. So, so we have the Eastern Oklahoma yeah. Catholic yeah. Magazine. Which is a, uh, a a really good branch of communication to make sure that we, we reach out to everybody in uh, with a free subscription. So it's not really a subscription; it's free, uh, but um, it's to be able to reach out to everybody monthly, ten times a year, so almost monthly. But we're also really going to ramp up our uh, website presence, our mm-hmm. our video presence, our social media presence um, to keep reaching out in different aspects. We've got to try to reach people where they are, and so. Uh, although the the Eastern Oklahoma Magazine is a vital part of the communication, it it cannot be the only part. Otherwise, we'll miss out on opportunities uh, elsewhere. So, we we just we just uh, purchased some new video equipment, so that way we'll be able to be pumping out some more videos and and, and maybe have some podcasts at some point. And I mean, we have some bigger plans, but that that aren't going to be implemented for a little yeah. while. But um, Baby steps. We'll cool. wait till you've been there for ten weeks before we before right, we yeah, do that. Yeah, yeah. that. Yeah. Right, right. What well, would yeah. you say? Um, I had this debate with some priests the other day. When it comes to social media uh-huh. evangelization, we're very we're very split. Of mm-hmm. um, you know, we need to use it. Kind of we said we to that, but also like social media can be just a tough place, right? You just log on to Twitter and it's like I need to go take a shower after <laughs> you know, yeah. like read yeah. some of these tweets. So, I guess like you know, how can we kind of use social media to like evangelize well? You know how. Should we, you know, just pull down information? Should we try to make things very accessible, like evangelistic? What do you think? Yeah, so social media is such a unique tool, right? Because right. it is a tool, but it's also not a tool like it, a hammer is a tool. Like you go into the garage, your hammer is not going to be screaming for you to use it, mm-hmm. right? If, but uh, social media, like, constantly notifies you, use me, use me, you right, know, yeah. ding, beeps, buzzes, uh, red alerts, you know, things like that that constantly try to get you on social media. So I think that social media has to be used in moderation. It has to be used with prudence. Um, but but there is a, a way of utilizing it to reach people uh, effectively. I don't I, I don't think that anybody gets their mind changed in, in social media wars and, right. and, and things like that. So I think that you have to make sure you have the end in mind. What is the goal of social media? Uh, and, and that would be to help communicate, to, to be able to inform people of what's going on, to be able to uh, 
bring them to together as a real community. Social media can kind of create this false realism, like that you actually have friends that you don't. Mm-hmm. You know, just because you have three thousand Facebook friends doesn't mean you actually have three thousand friends. Right. Right. So it creates these false realisms, and that's not healthy. I don't think. Yeah. So I think you got to remind you got to remember that this is not real life, and just. Just because people don't agree with you or doesn't mean you have to respond. Doesn't mean you have to uh, you have to combat them or, or engage with them. Uh, but utilize it so that way people can come together in real life to share food together, to to have real conversations, to um, get out of their homes and be together. Right. right. Uh, so I think that's probably the the best way of utilizing social media, and that's what we're going to try to hopefully do uh, with the diocese as well. Did that answer your question? Yeah, it did. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm always worried that I just continue talking. No, it's good. No, it's okay. <laughs> it's yeah, great. Yeah. No, it's great. You're a very easy guy to interview. <laughs> <laughs> so that's great. Well, let's move on to how you pray, because okay. that's a very interesting thing, very personal. Mm-hmm. So let's look back. We'll kind of do this as your life. Okay. <laughs> how, how has your prayer evolved over your life? I remember... I've seen pictures of you and Davey as these little cute little, little kids right. and the St. Benedict and the yeah, MDO, yeah. all that kind of stuff. Sure. And uh, so how how did your faith life grow since then? I assume it has. Yeah. Well, hopefully. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I still I still hope to have the childlike faith. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think just like everybody, my prayer life has ebbed and flowed. Yeah. Um, I, you know, my parents did such a great job of instilling the importance of prayer life within the family. And so... Even though when I may have not had a strong prayer life, I realized the importance of it. And so it was, even when I still kind of veered off, I'd always realize, well, that's why I'm not happy. That's why I'm not fulfilled. It's because I don't have a relationship with our Creator. You know, I'm not talking with our Creator. Uh, so I think that uh, it has ebbed and flowed. And then obviously whenever you become married, uh, your, your prayer life becomes, it now changes again. Uh, prayer life is a very intimate thing, and but you have an intimate relationship, hopefully, with your wife, and so the, you, you want, would want to share that prayer life with your wife. And then you throw kids into it, and then that changes everything as well. I mean, that changes the d- dynamic of prayer life again, uh, for the better, obviously. But just like my parents taught me how to, you know, the importance of prayer. You know, my sons are not going to know how to pray unless they see me praying. Mm. My daughters aren't going to see know how to pray unless they see their mom and myself praying together. Um, the, my sons aren't going to know how to treat a woman uh, unless, they, based off of how I'm treating their mom, or my my daughters aren't going to know how a man should be treating them mm-hmm. unless they see how I'm treating their mom. So. Uh, once once you have kids, that totally changes the game again, right? Uh, but it's important to make sure that they, they it's not something that's just oh we do this right before meals. That this is part of who we are as Catholics is it's part of our DNA to have a, uh, a communication with the person who made us, um, to, with our Father who who loves us so much and that we can always depend on Him and He's always willing and and has open arms ready for you to run to him and all you have to do is 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 is, is do it how do you pray you just do it you know mm-hmm. you just start right um and so uh my prayer life has as like i said is kind of coming you know ebbed and flowed but uh, as you continue once you once you develop the habit and once you you have these habits of prayer 
it becomes easier and easier and easier, and then it becomes a way of life. It not it becomes not something that oh I got to stop and pray. You don't say oh I got to stop and eat. You just eat. Oh I, I just pray. That's right. just part of who I am. Yeah, I'm curious. You know, so you have this job as communication director and the radio station and the Catholic Man Show mm-hmm. and being a father and a husband. Mm-hmm. When do you find time to pray? Like with everything you got going on. Yeah, so I have to be very intentional about my prayer life. Otherwise, I will stop and realize I haven't even prayed today. Mm-hmm. So one of the main, one of the things that I, I I'm really trying to do is make sure that before my kids get up, that I uh, that I that I'm in prayer. Okay. What time? I, what time is that? Uh, well, that depends on the day. But if I'm working out in the mornings, then it's it's like six o'clock in the morning. Mm-hmm. But if but if I'm not working out in the mornings, working out maybe during lunchtime or something like that, it's more like seven. But we so one of the things here's something that's really cool that I think that your your, your listeners will, will enjoy is that one of the biggest things uh, benefits of my prayer life with my wife is that I built a pray do uh, that we sat right in front at the foot of our bed and so which is a kneeler a pray do is a kneeler mm-hmm. uh, and so what we do is because we have a kneeler right at the foot of our bed it forces us almost to pray before we go to bed together, mm-hmm. and when we wake up together, it, it, it reminds us, it's a visual reminder of, of making sure to, to keep your prayer life going. So uh, those are the kind of things that I, that I make sure that, to do. I also have, like, alarms on my phone. Oh, good. Uh, yeah. At 3 p.m. every day, my alarm goes off to at least try to pray, pray the Divine Mercy. When I'm in the car, I, I typically try to pray the Rosary, which isn't the best time to pray the Rosary, I know, but right, it's like, yeah. um, but it's, yeah. um, and I, I, I would, it would be much better to to pray the rosary in front of the blessed, excuse me, in right. front of the blessed sacrament, or or together at, at night with your family, or something like that. But um, ideals and practical ideas aren't, aren't always the same thing. Well, and you could be doing worse driving your car than praying the rosary, right? Right. That's another way to <laughs> sure. look at it. That's sure. true. But but it's also just making sure that you. Uh, have a regiment, right? Yeah. So um, every week we, I have a, a, a holy hour. Um, I we have certain prayers that we pray before meals and after meals um, with the family. We have uh, certain things that my wife and I pray together at at night together, um, and then I have my own personal prayers that I yeah. pray. I think once you you just have to incorporate prayer in everything, like in what you do throughout the day, so that way you don't forget. At least mm-hmm. this is for me. This this is just me, and it's just because I'm not. I'm not very good at prayer. I'm not very holy yet, but I, I desire to be. And so, like, in order to do that, I everything that I do throughout the day, I try to incorporate some sort of prayer within it. Okay, yeah. Um, one of the coolest things that we do as a family, I think, and this is not my idea, so um, this isn't, I can't take credit for it, but it's, it's something that has really helped our family pray together. After dinner, I have a dry erase board right above my uh, dining room table. And it's all gridded out with, family members, and then intentions, and then who they want uh, the intercessory saint to pray, help them pray. So each night after dinner, and this kind of helps conclude dinner together where everybody is at the dinner table and we're like, okay, now we're done, is we have what we call the prayer board. And so dad will say, I want to pray for my meeting tomorrow at work through the intercessory of uh, St. Jose Maria Escriva. And the mom will go, and then Luke will go, and then Jude, and then Anna, and then we, we, we fill one in for Leo. And then we end in prayer, praying for those intentions. Well, those intentions stay up on the board all day long till the next day, till the next night, right? So as Luke walks in for lunch, he sees, oh yeah, dad has a meeting today. 
And maybe he'll, maybe, I mean, ideally he would say, okay, well, I'll stop and pray. Mm. Uh, when my wife is, 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 you know, doing the dishes or something like that after lunch with, with the kids, she'll look over and be like, oh yeah, Luke is really struggling with X, Y, or Z. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he wants, you know, this helps also give the relationship with the saints. You know, like he loves, uh, you know, uh, Pope Pius X. And so, like, oh, through some post Pope Pius X, we pray that Luke will be able to be, a, uh, you know, to stay focused on his math work today. Or, you know, whatever it is that right. they're doing, but it helps them have a relationship with the saints, and it helps family continue to pray for one another throughout the day. And it gives you an insight into what your kids are thinking, right? Sometimes, it, right. sometimes the prayer <laughs> intentions are, are, like, good and holy and, like, strong prayer intentions, and the other times you're like, Okay, if that's what you're thinking about right now, maybe we need to step <laughs> right, in, take, right, a, take yeah. a couple steps back. You so, can pray for Pi, but right, let's, yeah, let's yeah. expand. Right, right, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Um, so that that teaches your children to pray. It teaches them to uh, ask for the intercessory of, of of different saints, and it teaches them the importance of praying together as a family, uh, based off of specific prayers that, that that family members want. So that's something that, again, not my idea. Can't take credit for it, but has really helped my family. That's awesome. That's great. Has there ever been a time in your life when you found it especially difficult to pray that you wish to share? Yes. So I think that because I'm very distracted, as probably a lot of people are in prayer, but it's I think I've come to the realization it's because I allow myself to be distracted throughout the day. Uh, I allow myself to... To, to, to look at my phone. I allow myself to think about things and not stay focused on the task that is at hand. And so I, I've realized, especially uh, over the last year, that, man, it's just sometimes it's hard to pray. I keep getting distracted and keep thinking about other things. Well, I think a lot of that is that, one, I don't have enough self-reflection time to just sit and be. So I, I have all these thoughts that are going through my head that I haven't worked through yet, and then I use that time in prayer to try to work through those things, which is not what you're really supposed to be doing. Uh, so that's one thing. And then I, if you're constantly allowing yourself to be distracted throughout the day, why would I think that prayer life is going to be any different? That I've been, I've trained myself to be distracted all day long, and then now I'm just expected that now that I'm in prayer that I'm not going to be distracted. Mm. So um, I've been trying my best and failing at times and, and doing better at times, but uh, to not be allowing myself to be distracted. And when I when I take time and just uh, like sit outside with my wife after dinner and just like maybe watch the sunset or like stargaze with the kids at night or have quiet time, I'm allowed to, to work through thoughts in my head that I don't take into prayer. Um, to where I can actually be fully present to our Lord um, and just, quote-unquote, waste time with Him, just to be with Him. Mm-hmm. Um, that's that's what I'm really trying to... Because over the last, you know, three years or so, I've always been... I think I've been struggling with the battle of being distracted in prayer, so... Okay. Well, let's take that concept of the big dry erase board, mm-hmm. and you can hold it up as big as you want, as close to the camera, the microphones as you want... What if you could ask the entire world to join you in a single prayer intention? What would that be? Uh, pray for for moms and dads. Moms and dads provide uh, holy saints. They provide uh, holy priests. They provide holy dads, holy moms. You know, uh, at some point in time, 
And there's obviously a tack on the family right now. We don't right. have to like think outside the box there. Um, and so there's a lot of pressures on, on moms and dads right now on how to raise their children, on what they can allow their kids to do, what they can't. Um, and regardless of what they choose, it's there's going to be outside pressure on, on double guessing themselves. And so I think, and I think it's only going to get worse. Right. So uh, I would just encourage and, and ask that everybody pray for, for moms and dads right now. Excellent. Well, um, in a minute, we'll ask you to lead us in a prayer sure. for that intention. But thank you so much for being on the podcast. This Absolutely. Is great. Yeah. Thanks for the invite. I appreciate it that so was much. Awesome. It was yeah. a lot of fun. We got a real live celebrity here. That's <laughs> <great>. <laughs> Not at all. We're going to have you sign these microphones before you leave. Oh, right? please, so, please. Yeah. No, no, no. Except we have to use it next week. Yeah. So we'll wash <laughs> it off. Wash yeah. It off. Yeah. <laughs> Dry away, race marker. Yeah, perfect. There you go. There you go. <laughs> That's perfect. <laughs> well, let us pray. Would you lead us? Sure. Yeah. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Lord, we give you thanks for all the many blessings and gifts that you've given us today. And we ask that you direct all of our actions and thoughts and words and deeds to only glorify you and your kingdom. We ask for a special blessings on all the moms and dads right now, the, the, the ones who are, are struggling, the ones that are maybe not healthy, the ones who don't feel like they have anybody to turn to, the ones that feel isolated. We ask that you give them comfort, Lord, and, and show them, put somebody in their lives that will point them towards you. Uh, give them the opportunity and courage to, to raise their children to be holy men and women of God. And we ask this through the love of our Blessed Virgin Mary and the protection of St. Joseph. Amen. Amen. Glory be to the Father, and, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, Spirit as, as it was, was in the beginning, beginning is now, now and, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Amen. Glory be is a production of the Office of Communications at the Church of St. Mary in Tulsa, Oklahoma. I'm your producer, Mike Malcolm, with a big shout out to Sharon somewhere on the beach. See you next week.